You're listening to the Mindful Weight Loss Podcast, episode 24. It's time to look at weight loss in a whole new way. Instead of focusing on calories in, calories out, you'll learn how to use your brain to transform your body and heal your relationship with food. If you're ready to lose your weight for the last time, you're in the right place. Because it's more than what you eat. It's who you are when you're eating. This is the Mindful Weight Loss Podcast. Here's your host, life and weight loss coach, Dr. Michelle Tupman. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. If you're a new listener to the Mindful Weight Loss Podcast, welcome to you too. Today, we're going to talk all about time management, because one of the most common excuses I hear when it comes to weight loss is, I have no time. And believe me, I get it, right? I'm an emergency physician. I work on shift work. There are so many days I wake up in the morning and I don't even know what day it is. And, you know, trying to balance my career in medicine with my business as a life and weight loss coach takes a lot of time. I have to make time for um, coaching my clients and my groups as well. And of course, I have a rich family life with my husband, Rob and Charlie, the best dog ever. And I've got a bunch of hobbies that are important to me, reading and crafting and hiking and traveling and other things that Rob and I like to do together. And the thing is, if I didn't have a good time management system, it just would not be possible for me to include all of these things in my life and not be completely burned out all of the time. And what I've come to learn is that time management is a crucial skill for living a happy and fulfilled life. And it's also essential to weight loss because the primary reason most of us are overweight is because we're stuck in old habits that have us eating in a certain way. And if we want to lose weight, we have to intentionally create new habits that are going to serve us better. And it takes time to create those habits. Once they become habits and once they're ingrained in our brains and in our daily schedules, they feel effortless. They feel like they don't take any time at all. But when we're in that phase where we're trying to grow or build the new habits, it feels like they take so so much time and energy, and we automatically say, I have no time. And people are always commenting on how much I have on my plate. And I hear people ask me that question all the time. It's like, how do you do it? I don't know how you find time for everything that you do. I'll be honest and say that I often fall into that trap of using the I don't have enough time excuse to not do the things that I need to do for myself to lose weight, stay healthy, and feel good all the time. So to remind myself and to teach you, I thought I would share with you my top 10 strategies for helping with time management, particularly when it comes to making time for the habits we need to do to lose our weight and keep it off forever. So here we go with the 10 strategies. And the first one I think is the most important, and that is to know your why power. So I often talk about the difference between willpower and why power. And here's the thing. Willpower is like a battery that runs out of energy, right? Why power is something that is constantly plugged in that you can draw on any time you need a little bit of inspiration. 
When you are using willpower to make better decisions throughout your day, eventually you reach that point of decision fatigue and you fall face first into a bag of chips and dip, right? That's <laughs> that's what happens to me. And so instead of trying to use sheer force of will to get things done, try the strategy of tapping into your why power instead. And so what I'd like you to do is really spend some time thinking about why it's important for you to eat well and lose weight, why you want to feel better in your body, why you want more body confidence, why you want to get off your blood pressure meds, whatever the goal is for you, why is it so important? You got to find your compelling reason for why these habits are important to you. And the key word there is compelling, right? Because if it's like, you know what, my doctor told me to lose weight, who cares, right? I tell patients that all the time and they, they don't buy it. And I don't buy it when my doc tells it to me either, right? I often talk about how I feel when I'm having troubles tying my own shoes because my belly's getting in the way. And it sounds like such a trite, silly example, but the emotions that I feel when I can't tie my own shoes, that is what drives me to do what I need to do to get it done. And really what that act of tying my own shoes symbolizes for me is a desire to have independence and freedom, right? So I don't want to have to rely on other people to help me do the things that I know that I should be able to do myself, like tie my own shoes. And I love to travel and hike and see the world. And I need to be able to put on my own damn shoes to do that, right? So that is my compelling reason. And I encourage you to spend a little bit of time connecting with your why power, with your compelling reason, because that's what's going to give you the motivation to look at time a little bit differently. And kind of along the same lines, it's just looking at what you value, right? And so much of us spend so much time running around doing, you know, make busy work that really doesn't satisfy the things that we want most for ourselves in our lives. So if family is important to you, then it makes more sense to spend time with family. If health is important to you, then it makes sense that you would spend time on things that are going to keep you healthy. So looking at your values and tapping into your why power is your first and probably most important strategy for managing time in a more productive way. All right, so number two is actually thinking about what your priorities really are. Priorities are super important. And if you're spending time on things that are lower on your list of priorities, you just don't feel satisfied. You don't feel fulfilled. And a lot of us will turn to food to anesthetize that feeling of being unfulfilled, right? So this is super important. And you often hear people talk about the metaphor of filling of filling a jar with rocks and pebbles in sand, right? Your jar can only hold so much. And so if you look at rocks as being the stuff that's most important for you to feel, feel fulfilled in your life, you know, such as your family, your relationships, maybe for you that's your work, your health would certainly fit here, all of the stuff that you need to do for self-care, that is the stuff that's most necessary 
to be healthy and to feel fulfilled in life. And it's important that you fill your jar with the rocks first. And then you can fill pebbles next, right? So you could look at pebbles as things like your hobbies or your passion projects or other things that you like to do with your time, stuff that adds extra fun for you and things that you enjoy, but that aren't necessary for your happiness in life, right? They're they're not completely important like those rocks are. And then with any space that's left in your jar, you can fill that with sand and that's all the bonus stuff. But it's unfortunately in our modern culture, the stuff that we tend to spend the most time on. So I'm thinking things like TV, social media, video games, online shopping, you know, these sorts of things that we love to spend, like scrolling on your phone, right? These are the things that we spend so much time doing, but really don't add to the joy or fulfillment in our life whatsoever. And what you find is if you start looking at how you use your time, and if you start prioritizing the big rocks over the sand, you're going to find that you actually have much more time to do the things that you need to do to lose weight and feel great. Okay, so that's the second tip I have for you is to really think about what your priorities um, actually are. And then the third thing is 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 a tool that I'm going to give you to try, and I like to do this maybe once every year or so, but to keep a time diary. And I'm always talking about how the first step in change is always awareness, right? So it's very difficult for you to change how you're spending your time if you're not actually sure how you're spending it. Now, most of us will be able to say, well, you know what, I work from this time to that time, and I take the kids to their swimming lessons at this time, and I go to yoga class at this time, right? But there is all the time in between these things where we think we're so busy, but we're spending time on the sand stuff, right? On the social media and the phone and, you know, scrolling Amazon, right? So what I recommend that you do is track your day, and I mean track your whole day in 15-minute increments. So when I do this, I actually like to do this over three different days. So I will pick a day when I have a shift at the hospital. I'll pick a weekday when I don't, and then also a weekend day, just so I can see how I'm spending my time over three, you know, very different days in my week. And just set an alarm on your phone to go off every 15 minutes. And when that alarm goes off, write down what you're doing at that point in time. I guarantee you will be shocked at how much time you are doing make busy work or wasting time with sand stuff, right? With the social media or scrolling on your phone. And, you know, there's there's apps out there that can help you with this. And there's all there's often a lot of resistance to doing this exercise. One, because it's a pain in the ass to do. And I, I mean, I give you that. It, it is a pain in the ass to do, but it gives you so much valuable information. When you can see that you're actually spending 20% of your day on your phone or you know, 
for me, I often find that I'm spending a bunch of time looking for things that I can't find. Like it's shocking to me how much time of my day I spend looking for things, right? And these are things that I can do something about. That's why this um, exercise is so beneficial. And so what you want to do is look at how you're spending your time in those 15-minute increments. And then ask yourself if your schedule really reflects your true priorities. And Are there places where you can maybe do a little bit less social media or a little bit less make busy work and insert one of your healthy habits instead? All right, so that's tip number three for you. So tip number four is to start small and be very realistic with your new healthy habits. So for example, like if you're looking to start an exercise routine, just start with 15 minutes. Like don't go right out of the gate planning for a 90-minute session on the Peloton, right? We need to start small. It's difficult to carve out 90 minutes tomorrow that you didn't have today, right? But it's easier to find 15 minutes. And once you get in the habit of actually doing the thing, it's easier to extend the time. The hardest part by far is just getting started. So make it as easy as possible as you can for yourself. And the same principle applies if you're trying to stop doing something. So, you know, let's just say, for instance, you tend to spend three hours a night in front of the TV, and one of your goals is to spend a little bit less time watching TV. You don't want to just cut out TV altogether. What I recommend is setting a goal for just 15 minutes less in front of the TV just a little bit less, right? And then once you get in the habit of watching less TV, then you can decide maybe I'll watch 30 minutes less and then an hour. But if you start out big right out of the gate, chances are you're going to fail, right? So use your time wisely in these regards, right? Another example is in my coaching programs, I, I teach the importance of getting good quality and good quantity sleep at night. It's just so important with weight loss. And with clients that really struggle with this, we honestly start with going to bed just five minutes earlier. When you set that goal of just five minutes earlier, you develop a routine around it, and then it becomes easier to stretch that to 10 minutes 15 minutes, half an hour. So always start small and be super realistic when you're making changes to the way that you manage your time. All right, that is number four, start small and be realistic. So tip number five I have for you is to modify your environment to help you reach your goals. And this is so important and it's something that requires an infusion of time at the start to get things set up, but then saves you time over the long run. And so these are doing things like mm, doing a kitchen makeover so that you know that you always have the foods that you like to eat regularly available and ready to eat and easy to find. So this could include things like um, making sure you're doing a grocery run every week and then preparing foods ahead of time for your snacks and your meals. This could also be, you know, setting timers on your phone for reminders. 
So one of the habits that I'm trying to incorporate more of in my daily life is more time for meditation. It's something I love to do and I want to do it, but I I just keep forgetting to sit down and do it. So in the morning, I've tied it to brushing my teeth. So I brush my teeth and then I sit down and I do a meditation for 10 or 15 minutes, but I'd like to do it again in the afternoon. So I actually have an alarm on my phone that goes off that reminds me to go sit down and meditate again for for 10 minutes. So looking at places in your life where you can automate or where you can structure your environment to help you out, right? So another example for me is I may, you know, I find it very difficult to get to the gym. If I have to pack a bag, get in my car, drive down the road, scrape the snow off the windshield, all of that fun stuff, it's I just don't go to the gym. So I actually bought a few hand weights and a few other little things that I have tucked away in the basement where when I have time for my workouts, I can just go downstairs and do them. It's easy for me, right? So you might not have the ability to build a gym in your house, but Think of think of it this way. Like, is there a gym that you always drive past when you're driving home from work versus, you know, a half hour excursion onto the other side of the city to go to the gym? So just looking at ways where you can save time on commuting to places, where you can save time on housework or preparing meals, where where you can save time or carpool, you know, different things that are just going to give you more time back in your day. So that is tip number five for you, modifying your environment. And tip number six is decide ahead of time what you want to do and then actually schedule it. So if you're waiting to feel like doing your healthy habits, like if you're waiting till you feel motivated to go to the gym, or if you're waiting till you actually want to eat a salad for lunch, it's just never going to happen. The truth of it is that action always comes before motivation. So if you want to get motivated, the best way to do that is to just get your ass off the couch and do something. Do one small step in the right direction to move you closer towards your goals. So scheduling can help. So what I like to do for this is, and I always do this first thing Monday morning, is I look at my week and I decide what we're going to have for supper every night. My husband and I have this talk. We plan it all out. On the days where I have a shift in the hospital, I spend some time planning what I'm going to eat, like what I'm going to take with me to work to eat. And then I also look at when I'm going to get some movement in. So I'm quite committed to getting some sort of movement every day. And so I look at what's actually reasonable in terms of the other demands that I have during the week. And I actually schedule in my time for movement. And it's so important that I do this because for the longest time, I would say, you know what, I will just work out when I feel like it and then I'll do what I feel like. And nine times out of 10, probably even more often than that, I would never make it to the workout because I never felt like it. And then if I did feel like it, I was just like paralyzed by having to make a decision about what I'm going to do, right? I've got a treadmill downstairs. I got the Peloton bike. I've got like the Les Mills app. I've got um, a boxing gym that I like to go to. I just have so many choices that if I have to make a decision in the moment, I just, I never know what I want. So I actually plan ahead for what I'm going to do and then I do it, 
right? And do I want to do it when it comes up in my calendar? Half the time I don't, but I can promise like three minutes into my exercise, it feels fantastic and I have no regrets. And I do this with food too, right? So Rob and I will plan ahead what we're eating for our meals for the rest of the week so that we don't have to make decisions in the moment. And we plan what we need in terms of our grocery shopping. And then we go out and get it and we prepare as much as we can ahead of time so that it's easy throughout the week. And we actually schedule time to do it. We It's, it, it's like a purple highlighter in my calendar of when Rob and I are scheduling food for us. So um, sit down and decide ahead of time what you want to do in terms of all your healthy habits and then put it in your schedule. And then treat what you put in your schedule the same way that you would treat meetings with other people. Like, you know, pretend that those entries in your calendar are meetings with your boss that you absolutely cannot miss. I want you to approach it with that same level of commitment. And if you do this, you will be amazed that there actually is time for you to do the things that you need to do for yourself. It's amazing. All right, so that is tip number six, to decide ahead of time of what you want to do and then actually schedule it in your calendar. And then here is tip number seven. And I think this is a really important one as well. And that is reframe how you talk about time. So how many times do you hear something like this? There aren't enough hours in the day. I'll get to it when I can. There isn't enough time to get everything done. Right? How do you feel even hearing me say those statements? Right? I felt anxious, stressed, and rushed <laughs> just speaking them. And I imagine that's how you felt when you heard them as well. And then what happens when you hold these as beliefs? Like if you're constantly saying to yourself, I'll get to it when I can, or there just isn't enough time to get everything done. Your brain is just going to go into overdrive to prove you right, because that's what your brain wants to do. And so if you're constantly thinking these thoughts and then subsequently feeling anxious and stressed and rushed, you're never going to get anything done. Like how effective are you really if you're feeling anxious and stressed and rushed? Probably not very effective. And so what we want to do is reframe some of these beliefs that we have about time. And this might take a session with your journal to sort some of this out. But what I recommend you do is set a timer for five or 10 minutes and just write down all of the beliefs you have about time. Like what comes to mind when I say time? For the vast majority of us in our culture anyway, they're all thoughts about scarcity, about not having enough, about way too many things to do and way not enough time to do them. And then like try and pick out the beliefs that you're holding on to and then see if you can reframe them in a different way. So, you know, the one that really works for me is when I start thinking I don't have enough time, I like to turn that around and think I have time to do what matters to me. I have time to do what matters to me. And then all of a sudden, I'm feeling a little bit more positive about my time. And I'm able to say no to the 
the time sucks, right? That make busy work that takes up so much time, but really actually gets me nowhere. And it's just as simple as doing that reframe. So I really encourage you to spend some time with your journal. Haha, <laughs> you know, see what I did there. And, and, you know, pick out, see if you can pick out those beliefs that might be holding you back. And then look at a, a more positive or more productive way to view time. So that is tip number seven for you. Um, reframe how you talk about time. Tip number eight is another practical tip, and that is link your healthy habits to things you already do. So, you know, for example, like listen to your favorite podcasts when you're commuting to work or when you're out for a walk. So I actually have about a 35 minute drive to get from my house to the hospital, which gives me, you know, 70 or 80 minutes or so every day I have a shift. And I do about 12 shifts per month at the hospital. So that is a heck of a lot, heck of, a lot of time when I'm driving and my ears are open <laughs> to consume things, right? So the only time that I listen to podcasts or audiobooks is when I'm driving. And I get a lot of listening done during my commuting time, right? So if you're a person, and it's the same like when I walk Charlie, that is my my music listening time. I love listening to music, but for me, it's not worth it to you know, just, you know, sit at home with a glass of wine and listen to music. I just prefer to consume my music when I'm doing other things. So when I'm out walking Charlie, I never listen to podcasts. Um, I don't do anything related to work. I just listen to music that I love. And that's, you know, time that I love to spend with myself and with Charlie. And then another thing that I do is I don't watch a lot of TV, but there are a couple of shows that I love to watch over and over again. And so I will actually put an episode on when I'm doing my food prep. So we have an open concept kitchen and my counter faces the TV in the living room. So often I will just put an episode of Buffy, like that's my favorite show on the TV. And I'll watch that while I'm doing my food prep. And like this actually serves two purposes. One is that I'm consuming TV when I'm doing something productive, which really fits with my values and my my larger rocks, you know, in, in my jar, you know, so to speak. But the other thing it does is that it makes food prep more enjoyable because I actually really strongly dislike food prep. Like it's it's something that that I kind of make myself to do because I, I, I just don't love it. But when I do it while I'm watching Buffy, it is just so much more pleasant for me. So take a look at your life. And, and this is like a great way to go back to that time journaling exercises that we did earlier in this episode and look at where you're spending time and see like, are there places where I could tie in a healthy habit to something that I'm already doing fairly regularly? And like Apple Watch has really taken advantage of this. I love how they have that notification that tells you to get up and stand and move for a couple of minutes. Like, are there places where you could notify yourself to do something, right? So if you have a desk job, that app on the watch is actually really amazing for helping you get some movement in during the day. So, you know, look for places where, where you can add more things like that to your day. All right. So that is tip number eight, link your healthy habits to things you already do to save time. 
And then number nine is also so important, and that is to celebrate the heck out of every little thing you do for yourself. So every time you complete one of your healthy habits, celebrate. There are a number of things that will naturally give your your brain a dopamine hit, and accomplishment is one of them. So dopamine is your motivation hormone. So every time you get a hit of dopamine, that is your brain's signal to go out and do it again. So if you reward your brain with a dope dopamine hit every time you complete one of your healthy habit tasks, your brain gets the message that this is something you need to do again. So celebration does not necessarily mean you have to go buy yourself a pedicure or, you know, a frappuccino or however else you like to reward yourself. This can be just something little that you do to remind yourself that you just did a job well done. And this actually came up in a coaching call earlier this week. For me, my celebration is this word, boomtown. So my niece, she's 10 now, but when she was about two years old, we had taken her to um, a floating river in a swimming pool. And at one point, she came around a corner in this in this river, and she just yelled out, boomtown, with so much joy. I have no idea where she got it from, but out it came. And I just thought it was the funniest thing. And so since then, every time something good happens, I would yell, boomtown. It's like when my beloved Edmonton Oilers score a goal, it's boomtown. And so I've kind of adopted that for my own celebration. So when I do my food prep and I don't really want to, I finish it with like a fist bump and boomtown. And I do that all the time. And every time I say boomtown, I can feel that dopamine hit. And it actually really helps me. And so my client in this call, she was talking about doing a little seal clap, that she does this quiet little clap to herself whenever she makes a positive decision in terms of food. And so that's how she celebrates, by just kind of making that tiny little gesture. And there are other ways that you can celebrate as well. Collecting stickers is a great one. So what's an example? Let's just say you're, well, like me, maybe you're trying to meditate for 10 minutes every day. Every time you do it, you put a sticker in a book. Your brain also loves to collect things. So doing this will also give it its little dopamine hit. So you can also put a a marble in a jar or tick off something in your habit tracker or use a phone app to help you with this. Just make sure you acknowledge and celebrate every time that you do something good for yourself. And you're just going to be amazed that when you do this, you all of a sudden find time to do it again because your brain is very motivated to get you to do it again. It's like magic. All right. So that is tip number nine. Your last tip is to review your week. And here's what I mean by this. There are habits that you are already doing on a consistent basis. And one of the best strategies for change is to look at what's already working well, what you're already rocking in your week to week, and then find ways to do more of that. So this is another way of gaining awareness for yourself. So what I like to do, 
and I do this again Monday mornings, is I look at the week that just finished and I looked at all of the things that I accomplished. So I look at the plan that I made for myself the week before in terms of when I was going to move my body and what Rob and I were going to have for dinner and all of those things. And I just ask myself, like, what were the bright spots? What went really well? What felt really good? What sorts of things did I celebrate? And then I brainstorm ways that I can do more of that in the week upcoming. Most of us tend to focus on what went wrong. So we'll look and we'll see, well, I said I was going to work out five days this week, but I only worked out three. So what did I do wrong? And how can I get three more workouts in? And I actually feel that focusing on the negative is the wrong approach. And I know why we want to do it. I Like it makes sense that we want to look and see where we weren't quite up to snuff and how to be better. But here's what's Here's what's magical about focusing on the positive. So let's go back to that example. Let's say you planned to work out five times last week and you worked out three times. Instead of asking what got in the way of those last two workouts, ask yourself, why did those three workouts that I did do work so well? And how can I make that happen again next week? That's how you get to your five workouts per week. It's by doing the things that you already know work. And when you're focusing on the positive, you're just in in such a better mindset for moving forward that you're, you're actually wanting to look for solutions and places where you can be more creative or flexible versus if you're focusing on the negative, it just, it just shuts you down, right? You feel a little bit defeated and that creative part of your brain just doesn't want to engage with you anymore. So spend a little bit of time first thing at the beginning of the week, reviewing the week prior and asking yourself like that question, how can I do more of what went well last week? All right. So those are my top 10 tips for time management for you. These are all things that I use in my own life on a regular basis and that I teach to my clients as well. And so if you even just pick one or two of these to get started, you'll find that you can find the time to get what you need to do done to lose weight and keep it off forever. All right, that is all that I have for you this week. I would just like to take a minute to invite you into our group coaching program over at Ways of Health. It's called Nourish Yourself, Body and Mind, and it is a six-month program that teaches you everything you need to know to lose your weight and keep it off for good, including time management skills because it's so important. If you're thinking that you're needing a little bit of help in this area or would like the support of a group of women to help you through it, come join us. You can do so at any time. Just head on over to www.nourishyourselfbodyandmind.com and you can find out more information there and join us as well. I hope to see you inside the Nourishment Lounge and if not, I'll definitely see you next week. Thank you. 